It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode. I hope you have properly digested the near 90 minutes that uh, we shared with Garrett Dirkmott the other day, uh, a fantastic, fantastic uh, podcaster and friend and diving in deep everything about the Council of 50. And 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 you know what? It, I was reminded, if you haven't ever listened to the chance that I had to talk with Hank Smith a couple of times, Garrett sort of reminded me of visiting with Hank, where we're just like, ah, you want to talk about that? Sure, we'll go here for a little bit. So make sure you go back and check that out. That's not what this episode is. We're not rehashing old stuff. It's new stuff constantly. The most producing Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints show, in fact, I would dare say the only one uh, that exists. And, uh, you know, we we do news. We do articles of news. And uh, today joining me is Megan the Mitch Mitchell. Hello, Megan. Hello. It's me again. Hi, it's me. Now, people, uh, people might wonder. We get we get a lot of Megan. You know, we get a lot of Megan here on the show, and I want you to know her schedule and my schedule line up well. It's true. Which, which isn't to say I don't love you, uh, have you on the show, love having you know the discussion with you and all the things. But let's be frank. Some of it is that your schedule and my schedule. It's line convenient. Up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I had somebody reach out to me who is, um, he's not a member of the church, but he listens to the cultural hall. And he's been listening since I kind of got my foot in the door, you uh-huh. know, talking with you on news and stuff. And he's like, so when are you on? Is it like regular? Like, is there like a day that you always record with Richie? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, no, Richie like puts out a thing. I don't want to give away the behind the scenes. Oh, and no, just, give it away. This is how well, it goes. <laughs> this is what I said. I said to him, it's hilariously disorganized in yep. like the best way possible. Yep. And yep. I was like, Richie puts out a, an ask on our host Facebook group it says who can record. And I say, I can. Here's the time <laughs> I can do I it. Up. And then I go, that's not going to work for me. Who else? What yeah. else we got? And sometimes awesome. we try and line up and do it, and other times we don't. Well, uh, hello, friend that is not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who may in fact listen to this. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, hello, you. Are we not outing him because he's not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ? We don't want to send ministers to his house. I'm sure that he will be fine with me outing him because he's been on my podcast twice. Sure. um, On the Little Lessons podcast. Let's go with Nick. Okay. Hey, Nick. Yeah. I'll be excited to get a a shout out. Well, there you go. I mean, we barely shout out members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, let alone agnostic people that aren't members of the church. I'm just trying to say the name of the church as much as I can. How are you, Megan? I'm well. Yeah? I'm well. I I mean, here's the thing, Richie. I'm living in a state of constant overwhelm right now. Utah? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. But uh, I was uh, talking with my husband the other day Mm -hmm. because I have a lot of irons in the fire right now. Well, kids. Well, yeah, there's that. But is it... but beyond the kids is what you're saying. Beyond the kids. Yeah. It's like it's work and it's school and it's I'm planning a big event for my steak. And then it's the holidays. Mm-hmm. I've got my own podcast. And he's like, so you need to let something go. And I was like, OK, what? Yeah. What am I going to let go? The kids. And he's, right. Exactly. And he's like, well, you don't like financially, you don't need to have the job. Like, and I was like, but the problem is, is that I'm learning a lot. I really like the job and my boss kind of sees a way for me to move forward in the company into different roles. So I don't want to throw that away. And I'm like, I'm halfway into my semester. Mm -hmm. So obviously I'm not going to give up all of the tuition money I've paid, you know, and I'm like, 
I'm telling you, the obvious choice is the kids. You balked at that idea, but I'm telling you, grandma, grandma here, done too much. And you, it's tempting. How much are they? Are your folks and his folks local? So my mom is no longer with us. My dad lives in Arizona, and um, my in-laws live here. I will say, my father-in-law is amazingly involved in their lives, but he's also 88. Okay, so a little too. Yeah, and my mother-in-law is. You know, I'm not going to give away her age, but sure. she's not a spring chicken either. Sure. And okay. so it, but I do have a now adult child. Sure. So we'll get him out. I can, I can get her out. That's 70% you know, but... less in the house. Listen, exactly. you got to start looking at it this way. Otherwise you're going to drown. It's true. But no, when all was said and done, I decided that I am going to, this is going to really surprise you. The thing okay. that I'm giving up for the time being is going to the gym. What? I know. Wow. And I know it's, it was, it, people are going to look at this and go, Megan, it's the gym. Nobody go, likes going to the gym because things are heavy, which I agree with, mm-hmm. but I have an amazing community at my gym. It's kind sure. of like my therapeutic outlet. And, but I was like, I can get physical activity at home in my neighborhood. I can walk the kids to school and walk, sure. you know, get sure. them out. And, and I decided amongst all of the overwhelming busyness, there's some important things that I have let slide in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's things like my personal scripture study mm-hmm. and maybe like reading a book mm-hmm. and like doing homework in the earlier part of the day. So I'm not up at night sacrificing sleep so that sure. I can get things done. So I have these sure. things that I've let slide. And I told my husband, I was like, I need to just take that outlet that would be the gym and I need to fill it with something else that can be an equally uplifting and edifying outlet that's actually going to be more productive in the long run of my life. So, so not the kids, but the gym. All right. Well, if the gym doesn't work out, I expect you to start numbering the kids. Like, okay, you'll be the first to go second, probably keep the young one around. Cause I think they need you the most. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He maybe, needs me for things. Yeah. Maybe the age, but, uh, yeah. but it very well could be like uh, when one of your, cause you have like a 16, right. And a, that's what, yeah, what's the one right below the 16. Oh, uh, so I have an 18 year old, a 16 year old, uh-huh. and then a 14 year old who's almost 15. Right. And All right. Then so, here, so here's, year yeah. So here's what you do the 14 and, and 16 year olds, because you know how they're just kind of like, I already know everything. You call them on it and you're like, cool, here's your bag, figure right. out the place. And then you send them out. You live in a safe enough community, they'll land okay. Well, and I have people I have in my ward friends. who will adopt them. Yes. And it's not forever. It's till 2024. Mom's exactly. got stuff. Can Mom's you take care stuff. of the kids? You sure. want the steak nativity exhibit? Take yes. the kid off my hands. Yeah. <laughs> take the kid or no Jesus is basically exactly. what you're saying. So yeah. what choose ye this day is basically what you're saying. I get it. I mean, it's good, better, best, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, let me tease a couple of things that are coming up because that's basically uh, all I've got going on that I would share. Uh, I'm interviewing for an upcoming up episode of the Cultural Hall, McKay Coppins. That is now confirmed. We're going to talk about Mitt Romney. So I'm really looking forward to talking about that book. He's coming Can back I sneak into the in for five minutes? Uh, if you promise to keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. We'll get, I'll get you the time when that is. And hopefully that aligns with what uh, schedule wise, as far as that goes. And then also uh, Leah Satilli, which people may not know uh, is common. Uh, she works for Oregon Public Broadcasting or Oregon Public Radio. She did the Bundyville podcast and also wrote the book about um, 
about Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow when the moon turns to blood. So awesome. uh, among other things, she does, she's a phenomenal person. And this is the third or fourth time uh, we've tried to reach out and, and track her down. And we were close to her before, but that's coming up as well. So that's super exciting. You should just subscribe to The Cultural Hall wherever you get it. That way you don't miss any of these episodes. They come out when I feel like it. So uh, that's that's uh, that's the key to winning in podcasting. Make sure that you're consistently inconsistent and a disaster and hilariously in disorganized. Yes, and hilariously disorganized. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we got all sorts of news. You know we're starting with the passing of Elder Ballard. We'll come back and do that in just a second. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer and they start at only $29 a month. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. BestDJinUtah.com. You're right. It's a new ad. What? Well, it's been an entire season since I've recorded a BestDJinUtah.com ad. And well... The wedding season coming to an end at this point, but not really because what happens now is everyone who's going to get married in 2024 reaches out and says, Richie, is it possible? Do you still have this date? And I tell them, yes, hopefully. And then we get you booked. We'd love to be able to work with you. Uh, travel all along the Intermountain West. Some people call it the Jello Belt. Uh, you can go to bestdjinutah.com to request a quote. You can find us on any of the social medias at Best DJ in Utah, and uh, we can answer any questions. Affordable, yes. Over 400 five-star reviews, yes. Highest rated in the state of Utah, uh-huh, go on. It's bestdjinutah.com, and, and I'll give you a little hint. It, it also helps me to be able to do this, like financially support the cultural hall through that, and you get something in return. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter Breinholt. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. You know, uh, man, it is it is the story of the week as uh, the news fetchers have continued to try and find different news. It is the passing of Elder M. Russell Ballard Melvin Russell Ballard, uh, that uh, happened Sunday night, and then um, subsequently the church and or the world was notified it uh, notified about it Monday morning. Um, what do you do? You uh, what, where do you go when you think about these apostles that are passing? Uh, so, when this happens, and you know, I will say, it's been probably the last like ten years that I've really paid attention to like the emotional connection to I have to that I have to when they pass away. Like when a prophet dies, that's a different story. But when one of the 12 dies, it's like, oh, that's sad. He lived a good life, you know, but I never really comprehended how like the people chosen to fill those vacancies, the overreaching effect that it has on the membership of the church, the mm -hmm. global appearance of the church, just the the projected things that could potentially happen in the church over the next 
you know, several years, what that means for who the next prophet is going to be, you know, all of those little intricacies. I haven't really paid attention probably with maybe since like the last 10 years, I would say it really like became something that meant something important to me. But when he passed away, I was like, I first was like, well, I'm glad he doesn't have to listen to all of the nonsense anymore since the Tim Ballard thing came up, Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I felt like in certain corners of the internet, surprising no one, his uh, name was significantly dragged through the mud in ways that were unfair and some ways that maybe people could make a connection. But I, I don't think it's fair to like drag the name of a 95 year old man through the mud who is trying to do good things in the world. You know, I support him in his calling, but I do not support him as an individual was what I saw the most of. Yeah, for sure. Right. Exactly. And so I'm glad that he doesn't have to deal with that anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, now he's reunited with his sweet wife who passed away in 2018. And it hadn't been too long for uh, some reason. um, When I, There is a a picture that's going around the internet, and I don't have any reason to think that it wouldn't be accurate, of a headstone making its way from Utah County up to uh, Salt Lake County that is the um, headstone of uh, Elder Ballard. It's this sort of, I I wouldn't say behemoth, but it is a large kind of headstone and it has different uh, principles there because I found it. Uh, different principles and things that uh, that they want to be remembered for. But I, 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 in all of the reporting, I hadn't heard anything about whether or not she had passed or if she was still with us. Yeah, so she passed away October first, two thousand eighteen, at age okay. eighty six. Um, which uh, it was because of um, she had faced a long battle with health issues, including Alzheimer's. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, that happened not long after he was. Um, ordained, I guess it is. It is it an ordination, or he was made acting president of the mm-hmm. Quorum of the Twelve because that happened in 2018 when the first presidency was reorganized. Um, and then the other thing that I go to is who's going to re- who's going to fill his vacancy, and also now, so he was acting president of the church and in seniority. The next, or not acting president of the church, acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve. Mm-hmm. Seniority wise, that would mean that Elder Holland will now be the acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Right. But we all know that his health has not been stellar in the last few years. Will those duties kind of get delegated to Elder Uthor, I don't think that's the I, next senior? Yeah, or, interesting. I don't think that's how it works. I think it really? goes strictly by age. So oh, No, no, I, I know that. Like, he, he would still be acting president, but maybe some of his... Oh, some of his duties? Well, sure. Duties sure. maybe get yeah, hundred percent. If he's yeah. like guys, I can't do this very well, or they recognize they're not going to be like, sorry, Jeffrey, go to work. No, of course, it sort of gets absorbed into, you know, whom and how uh, can can take care of it. So before I get into the things that make people super uncomfortable when we talk about the passing of folks, Mm -hmm. like when we talk about succession, etc., I want to share this because uh, this is from the headstone Mm -hmm. that uh, the picture was shared. It's interesting. So it has, uh, I'm going to try and read this a little bit better. It says... Uh, always love and honor our pioneer heritage, walk with faith in every footstep. That's sort of on, there's like a middle bigger pillar. And then there's M. Russell Ballard on one side and Barbara Bowen Ballard on the other. And on the M. Russell Ballard, it says, remember, and then it has uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven points. And then on the Barbara side, it has there's six uh, points. I just think these are interesting. When you think about like dead 
in the ground. Here's what I want you to remember me by this phrase, these points. It's significant. So I, I think worth highlighting maybe. Uh, Barbara says, what matters most is what lasts longest. Uh, it is good to laugh, listen with love, teach by example, be kind and gentle, and be quick to forgive. That was the the ones that she has on hers. And then on uh, Elder Ballard's, this is interesting too. Uh, his is think straight, keep it simple, preach my gospel, seek the one, counsel together, stay in the heat and hold on, love and just serve. So pretty significant things uh, when you think especially about like, hey, uh, you got no more from me. That's it. Well, and they align a lot with some of his, um, I don't want to say accomplishments, because that feels a little bit icky to point to the things that apostles and prophets do to say, well, this is his grand accomplishment. But some of the things that he was involved in mm -hmm. over his over the course of his time as an apostle, um, he was called as an apostle in 1985. Um, and one of the things that he did was, um, so he was very involved in this is the place heritage park sure and his sure. advocacy for the days of 47 celebrations which goes along with honoring the pioneer heritage like you said mm -hmm. um the other thing is he was sorry i'm trying to find it in this article he was instrumental in creating preach my gospel mm. which is another thing on on the list um and then uh one story that i really love when it talks about reaching out to the one or is that, you know, um, uh -huh. is the story of the, the missionary. Is, yeah, seek the one yeah. is what he said on his head. So, yeah. Right. And that just kind of reminds me of uh, when he was serving as a mission president and a missionary came to him and said, I think I'm losing my faith. I'm losing my testimony and brought up all of these questions to Elder Ballard. And Elder Ballard said, you know, I don't have all of the answers and said, have you been reading the Book of Mormon? Have you been doing these things? And and the missionary, I think he said, like, no, I haven't been diligent and President Ballard said, okay, we're going to meet in a week or two weeks or whatever. I'm going to go and study your questions. And I want you to read the Book of Mormon and do your end. Like we're both going to, we we have commitments to this. Mm -hmm. And President Ballard researched all of the questions that this young elder had. And the elder did what he told he would do. He was going to study the Book of Mormon, redouble his efforts. Mm -hmm. They came back together and met and President Ballard said, okay, let's discuss these things. And he said, no, president, we don't need to. I did what you asked. And I've, my testimony is stronger than it's ever been. Mm. You know, I, I love Jesus Christ. I love the gospel, you know, and president Ballard said, okay, well, hold on a minute. Cause you did your part and I did mine. So we're going to talk about this, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and I didn't do all this work for nothing, pal. Exactly. Right but it, it seemed like a really amazing personal way of handling uh, what would be a very difficult situation as a mission president sure. and for a missionary and how he took the time to do these things for this one missionary yeah. to help him, to help him keep his testimony and strengthen it, you yeah. know, and it's yeah. like not probably not every missionary who has ever served in the church can say that their mission president took the time to do the thing for them that they mm. needed. Mm. And so very, very neat. And it, I can see how all of those um, kind of tenants on his headstone match up very well with the life that he led. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, so that is the, the passing of Elder Ballard. As you listen to this, uh, we are recording this before the funeral service. Funeral service takes place on Friday, the 17th of yes. uh, November. 
And it will be, um, sorry, I'm finding it in this article. I've got to scroll back up. It will, it will be, be on streamed. the church's, yeah, on the church's yeah. YouTube uh, here. If you live in the state of Utah, it will be all over uh, KSL Channel 5. It'll be on BYU TV and it'll be available in Cantonese, English, French, German, Italian, Japanese, Korean, Mandarin, Portuguese, Russian, and Spanish. What time is it, it Friday? Um, uh, from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Mountain okay. Standard Time. Okay. Um, yeah, I, those are he all leaves with... behind. Oh, sorry. He leaves behind 43 grandchildren, 105 great grandchildren, and one great great grandchild. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That was also interesting uh, when I heard it reported, and I heard it, I think, incorrectly the first time, but someone said that he was only the great-grandson of Hiram Smith, and I think he is the great-great-grandson of Hiram Smith, but that's still that's still pretty connected uh, right. to Hiram Smith, 95 years young when he passed uh, Melvin Russell Ballard. So now this is the stuff that gets icky that people mm-hmm. uh, don't... Uh, this is an icky... We're not, you know, I, I don't wish the passing on anyone, but this is the the part that I think is at least interesting um, a, around the passing and then the the changing of, uh, you know, apostles and new people being called. So, um, first of all, one, I was reading a, a particular blog site that speculates that between now and April conference of 2025, we strictly statistics... And and factors in statistics, there will be three more apostles and or the prophet that passes. Mm-hmm. And that's because of like, you know, the passing of a spouse and how mm-hmm. statistically the time that comes before you pass, before the passing of a spouse and the age and like the, the incident with uh, President Nelson and the fact that he had a fall and statistics around that. So it's not mm-hmm. wishing malice on these people. I'd love for it's them to purely be numbers. It's It's purely like... This is what numbers would say. So I think that's significant to recognize yeah. that, you know, there's 15 in total uh, with First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve that, you know, a good 25% of them will change over, I mean, eventually, but likely in the next 18 months. What I also thought was sort of significant is if we go by the ages that apostles are called, it could very well be a Gen Xer that is called to the next Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, which is is pretty significant. Big time. Big time. The other thing that I thought was really interesting with Ballard's death, the church is entering only the second era in which there are no Smith family members as apostles. Hmm. Wow. So um, it says, this is a quote, just a reminder that despite how global and large the Latter-day Saint church has become, it is still not too far from its origins as a family faith. Um. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. That yeah, that is, that is significant. Because, because in, in addition to being Hiram Smith's great-great-grandson, he's also from, uh, Joseph F. Smith as well. Because Joseph mm-hmm. F. Smith was Hiram Smith's descendant as well. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's a tiny tangent. Yeah, but uh, significant because there will be someone else who will be called. Um, mm-hmm. So... We sort of uh, rumored a little bit around this on the Cultural Hall's Facebook page, had some discussion. And and to the people who said, it doesn't matter. Yes, you're right. It doesn't matter. It right. does not matter. I mean, I will say this. I think that it does matter right. who it is that they're called. But I don't have any sort of thought that the wrong person will be called or anything like that. Uh, I think it is significant. Let me give you a for instance. If uh, Elder Corbett, for example... 
he is a, a an, a, an elder of color is what I almost said, a gentleman of color. That would, that would make a difference for yes. people looking at the leadership of the church. Now, does he have any more priesthood or less priesthood than anyone else? No, he does not. But that is a significant visible difference um, for the world looking in and for us uh, within the church looking upward at these folks, right? I think that that's significant. Um, it, I think that it's also significant, say, for example, if now that there's not a Smith descendant in the line, that there was a Smith descendant that was called and that yeah. was brought and that was brought to to uh the attention. We are calling this person because, you know, this is a significant thing. I I don't think that one is right or one is wrong, but I think that that's significant. Um and so that is why we brought it up. Elder yeah. Kieran, if people don't know who that is, that's my pick. That's who I think will be called. I love him. I love both him and Elder Corbett. Those are the two that you posited on the web or on Facebook. Uh -huh. I love them both. Yeah. Uh, someone else uh, uh, posited uh, Bishop Waddell, who I think could be great. And uh, and uh, the current um, presiding bishop of the church, uh, Elder Cosse, I think would be a, a, a great choice. My, think, my, my thinking in this uh, with Elder Kieran, uh, I would love for Elder Corbett to be it. I think he's a little bit too young and doesn't have the experience. I mean, he's got had a lot of great callings and should he be called, I think it'd be great, right? Yeah, Lord, yeah. Lord justifies who he calls. But um, Elder Kieran is in the presidency of the 70. He is the um, first person non-U.S. born to be in the presidency of the 70, which is okay. significant. Is. And so I think that that can be, and his accent is so cool. Come so on. So cool. Come on. So cool. So, uh, so, so that would likely be um, what I think it will be. It's, you know... Uh, we sort of behind the scenes chatted about other things that could visibly just make a difference. But, but I think that likely if I had to speculate, if you're like, who is it going to be? I would say that it'll be elder Kieran. Uh, the, the second question that I have is, are we waiting until uh, April general conference? Cause this is, That's you know, right. we're November 23 right now. Right. That's what I was wondering too. My, my thought on that is that, I mean, obviously they're going to wait until after the funeral, after sure. yeah. all of that. Um, I would guess that given ages and current health status of some of the people serving right now, mm -hmm. they might want to get it done fast. Sure. You know, and sure. get the call extended and then obviously do the sustaining in April. But or maybe they could do they do like sustainings for that, like in the wards? Like, could they just do that all around the world or would they wait until conference? You know, because we sustain them all in state conferences and ward conferences. Sure. Could they extend the call and then say, okay, in your next state conference or your next ward conference, do the sustaining and then we'll do it. And I don't know. You know yeah, that's I mean? an, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I would imagine, and I don't see any reason why you couldn't, but that you could be called and then you're just eventually sustained at the next general conference. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that happens in wards all the time. I was called as a Sunday school teacher and I, in August and I just barely got sustained for it. Yeah. It does. It, because you can still act in that, uh, in that position, right. um, without having, uh, been sustained. Let's see here. Let's do a little insert, uh, research here at the time. Uh, you may have wondered the, the answers to the following questions. Do the first presidency and the quorum of the 12 vote on the new, who the new apostle should be? No. How does the prophet come to a decision? Church is in good hands. Who's called to be an apostle? 
Will all vacancies be filled at general conference? Not necessarily. Vacancies may remain open for longer than six months. So it seems to me that if it can be left open for longer than six months, that the converse is probably true uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that we are a people of tradition, so I don't know that we'll see it, but I definitely, uh, I, I would not be surprised if come the new year, they go, guys, we've got so much work to do. Elder right. Karen, get in here. Right, exactly. And well, and here's another thought. So President Nelson was not a member of the 70 when he was called as an apostle. He was huh. Sunday school general president. So could things go rogue and he they just surprise us all and be like, well, it's Richie Stedman from yeah, Taylorsville. No, no, they will not do that. <laughs> they will not do that. But, uh, you know, call, just call somebody out, totally out of pocket because sure. so, that's so, how it works sometimes. Yeah, so yes, but not with this one. Okay. So I think I think you'll get a very on the nose one with this. And then assuming that Elder Nelson is still alive when Elder Holland passes, mm -hmm. I think that is where you see something like that. Okay. okay. That would be my speculation all... that's, that's that's founded and grounded in nothing, but mm, this is what I see. Yeah. 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 Do you know what we did when uh President Monson passed away? My no. family. Um so we knew obviously that. President Nelson was going to be the new president of the church, but that uh -huh. he was going to need new counselors. And uh -huh. so with my family, I gave them the list and I said, okay, everybody create your first presidency that you think it's going to be. Okay. You, know, you get two points if you get the first counselor right. And one point if you get the second or something like that. Sure. And then whoever won got to choose where we went for dessert for family home evening. And uh, <laughs> people are going to listen and go, wow, Megan, the Mitch kind of sucks. Um, but... <laughs> She's she's uh, playing fast and loose with some of these things, but yeah. no, it was it was really fun. And my friend called it fantasy first presidency, and I thought it was hilarious that they that said is that. Funny. Um, and I did have one child who got it almost right. They got the counselors, but the wrong order. So mm. that child chose where we went to dessert that night. Where'd you go to dessert? Do you remember? It's a place that doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. Um, and off the top of my head, I can't remember what it was called, but they Good had riddance. Like, Really? No, it was so good. And I was no, so sad. No, it doesn't that matter. We can't go there. Good riddance. I don't care. The coolest no. ice cream flavors. Oh, they Sorry. did. They, they did, did have the coolest ice cream. It doesn't exist anymore. Let's move on to some other okay. news. Sounds good. Uh, how about this? You can now go see the Mesa Temple Christmas display. I might be going to Arizona. I just had an event that moved. Supposed to be working the day after Thanksgiving. I don't think that's happening anymore. My wife and I are teasing the idea of going down to Arizona which I will likely say, oh, did you know? Oh my gosh, we can go to this temple and see lights, go down and see it. It's funny to me uh, in the, the news article that we'll share in the show notes for this episode, you can see them, uh, you know, it's years past and the, and the lights that are available there. Uh, it, it's odd because in Mesa, you don't typically have snow. And so it is green, green grass and Christmas lights. So yep, on all the palm trees. Yeah, on all the palm trees, that's where you see your Christmas lights. Uh, it starts uh, the 24th of November and goes through Christmas. So go and down it's and a good display. check that out. It's have you been? Have really you seen good, it? I have. Yeah. So I used to live in Arizona. So I've been there. I've been to it a couple of times. And um, we actually got married in the Mesa Temple. So I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Now, the Mesa Temple is sort of square like the Laie and the... Yes. Some of those other temples that are like that sort of build. Is it is it uh, pretty pretty nice on the inside? Pretty cool? Yes, but it's all been renovated. Okay. Because remember, they closed down 
Mesa for a while. And like um, the whole blocks around it yeah, and built it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Tore stuff down, rebuilt it. But yeah, it was, it was beautiful inside. You haven't gone back since? Since it's been rededicated? Yeah. No, but that's only been like two years, maybe. Put, like it put hasn't. The kids been. in the car and, and tell hubby that you're, you're doing a thing. You're like, listen, I gave up the gym, but we're also going away on a trip. Get in the car. Here we go. We're going to go well, see the as, as I'm sure people remember, I've been on a few trips this year, yeah. so maybe another one isn't in the cards. But here's the problem, Richie. Tell I have me. a really complicated relationship with Arizona, so okay. I don't actually love being there. Uh -huh. um, my I grew up in Oregon. Okay. Um, when I was in uh, college, my parents retired down to Arizona. That's where Good my sisters them. and their uh, spouses started their lives. And um, so Arizona has never really been my home. Mm -hmm. But if I were to go home, that's where I would go to, which is weird because yeah. I don't. And like, I got married there and started my life there, but that's also where my mom died. So mm. it's a lot of very complicated, like good and hard and bad and sad and happy, but also miserable. So it's just a very complicated relationship for me. So if somebody says, Hey, Megan, go on a trip. That's not the first place I'm going. Okay. It just isn't. And growing up in Oregon where everything's green and beautiful. And then going to Arizona where everything's like Brown and desolate. It's mm -hmm. like me, you yeah. know, and my husband gets frustrated when I say that, because like I said, we got married there. We lived our first year of marriage there. We had our first child there. And those are all amazingly happy, wonderful, eternal memories. But that's like three memories yeah. and then i have it all contrasted with my mom dying right after i got married so mm. anyway that's a little history of megan couldn't have brought up arizona got it no but i will say <laughs> no, the I'm, light I'm, display I'm, is I'm incredible okay. and and the easter pageant which they're keeping when mm -hmm. they sunsetted all of the other pageants they keep that they're keeping that one and it is incredible it's unlike anything you'll ever see so I've only, I've only been to Arizona, I think one or two times. Like I've been to uh, the Grand Canyon, but I don't, mm -hmm. I feel like that doesn't count as like Arizona, although it is Arizona. Right. It doesn't really count because you're going to, you know, it's like saying that you went to Zion's and that you went to Utah. You were in Utah at Zion's, but it's not the same thing. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, only been down to, to that part of the country uh, one time during the Olympics. We sort of fled Salt Lake in 2002 and went down to Arizona. I, so. yeah. I will say I did. I love the temple there. The Mesa temple is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the wards that I was in there were amazing. And it's just complicated for me. And there's people that love it. And I'm happy for them. Good for them. All right, let's do another news story. How about this? Uh, this is an, a little older story, but I've hung on to it because I think that it's important. Beginning in January 2024, all young service missionaries are going to be integrated into teaching missions under the leadership of mission presidents. Service missionaries will continue to report to a service mission leader couple who will work under the priesthood keys of the mission president. The service mission leader couple currently provides and will continue to provide day-to-day -day supervision and assistance to each young service missionary. This uh, announcement went out well back in September, and that's how long I've held on to it. Not for any reason, except we just didn't get it. Um, so, so if you are serving a service mission that uh being you, you know maybe you have special considerations that you uh need to uh to be close to home or or something like that um you are now going to be integrated into teaching opportunities so it's not strictly just the service that you were doing in in times past 
it could have been that you would serve for forever and never have a teaching opportunity with someone else. Yep. I, I, I didn't know that it was not the case. And I'm so grateful that it now is the case because even if you're doing it on a small, small, small scale, it's a tremendous opportunity to be able to visit with folks from being able to be rejected like you've mm-hmm. never been rejected to be before or to be able to see the gospel touch the lives of people in a way that you can't even you know describe that is just another level of being able to gain a testimony that where you're like wow this person was like this when we found them they embraced the gospel and now they're like this that is incredible yep. i don't know that i would have ever thought but the way that the lord changes their heart and then subsequently changes their lives is just just cool so good good on us service missionaries and and being integrated in all the things. Yeah, and I, I I love service missions and service missionaries. I think it's such a unique and innovative and important way to include all members of the church in the work of salvation and building the kingdom and allowing people to use their unique skill sets to do so. I think it's probably also gratifying for people serving those types of missions to say, you know what, I can do more than clean the church every Sunday. You know, mm-hmm. I, can, I can do more than that. And I can do more than make photocopies of historical documents. And those things are very important. But mm-hmm. to know that, like, I the, the church believes and, and knows and understands that I can do I can do more, you yeah. know, and I and I think that that's that's neat for those missionaries who are serving those really important and unique missions that, um, yeah, to integrate them. It's just an awesome change. Yeah. Uh, do you have any news stories? I sort of put you in, char- in charge of the elder ballot and then uh, I didn't put any sort of other expectations on you. Do you have other news stories we should discuss? I have a few quick ones. Please hit me with one quick one. Only one? Oh, geez. Just one okay. for right now and so then we're going to go back is... and forth. Okay, what, you're going to take the rest of the news, Megan? The yes, mix? please. I've got 19 No, minutes. just because no. you say play, please doesn't mean <laughs> I'm going to do it. Just one. Now we've basically used the time for the one that you were going to do debating on whether or not it would be one. Gosh, dang it. Okay. So I brought this story up. Well, no, I didn't bring it up. I said, I'm not going to do this story when we recorded within it the other day. I said, mm-hmm. I have this story. I'm not going to do it, but I'll do it today. Right? Okay. So okay. the headline, I'm a mom, a mom, sorry, because this is an article from the sun in uh-huh. the UK. I'm a mom of 16, but nine of my kids have changed their names. It's their life, but their names need to fit my style. So this is about a couple from Utah. Okay. Uh, Tiffany and her husband, Benji Nelson, they have, um, let's see, they've spent, they've been married for 23 years and have been welcoming children all Welcome, the time. Welcome, children. Welcome. <laughs> uh, most of them are adopted and they okay. are, they have a YouTube channel called Not Enough Nelsons. Um, and they have 3 million YouTube subscribers, but most of the monikers end in the double E sound, such as journey, okay, Lily, Sadie and Navy, right? Um, as the couple adopted nine of their children, they changed their names to ensure they fit in with the rest of their family. Um, their oldest child is a 24 year old who they adopted, or that's their first child. Uh-huh. His name is a name that I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I believe it's Russian and I will offend somebody. So I'm not going to try. They Does changed it end his in name. E? No, okay. no, but they changed his name to Bridger. Then they adopted a little girl who mm-hmm. is now named, she's 24. Her name is Journey. Okay. And um, it's just, it's funny. 
that I understand like why they would maybe change their names from a very uh, complicated, difficult to pronounce Russian name. I can understand the um, the logic behind it, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah, they've, uh, they've got some interesting monikers within their family of 18 and it's just what we do here in Utah. No, they also have it a is Paisley. not. It is what not what we do. <laughs> I know. I know. When we stop doing it. They also have a Paisley and a Presley. And um, yeah, it's it's funny. It's yeah. funny. So, and yeah. So uh, I know you like names. So that's I do. Why I'm I a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of my So uh, my dad and all of his siblings, they're K names. That was and about I'm all M's in, my in family. your family with your sisters. But yeah, but there's only three of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I get that. Uh, yeah. gr growing up, I dated a, a girl for a hot minute. Her name was Greta. And okay. uh, her her whole family, they had like 13 or 14 kids. So it was like Alexander, Beatrice, Chloe. Like they went A, B, C down until M or L or whatever the 13th letter is. Okay. So like I can understand some of that. But I grew up in a, sorry, go ahead. I But I swear to you, when we just start making up names and spellings of names, like you are you, there, it, this is an exaggeration, of course, but you are limiting your child's comprehension of the English language when you're yes. like, I know it should be, you know, Caleb, but actually my name is Paisley. See, because the K, we make it like it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. We had a family in my state growing up that had like, I think, 15 kids. And all of the girls that I remember had very like, common names like mm -hmm. we'll, we'll go with stephanie that was not a girl in okay. their family but okay. i don't want to out anybody sure but sure, then sure they also all of the young men had book of mormon names so there was a i think they had a mahanrai they had sure. Evan. they had mahanrai not in the book of mormon but i understand what you're saying mahanrai moriakamer isn't that not, the brother name's not in the it's not <gasps> in there. plot twist yeah it's not in the scriptures it was revealed later uh, okay. In a in a uh, hold on, now you're gonna get me. Keep talking. So, well, this is why I need to stop going to the gym and I need to focus on reading my scriptures because then I would know things like that, right? Um, but yeah, they had like Ammon's and I think they had a Nephi. Um, you know, so it was really funny that all of the girls got very common, typical names, and then all of the boys got these Book of Mormon names. It was interesting. So the brother of Jared's name is not given in the text of the Book of Mormon, but Joseph Smith stated in 1834 that it was Mahanrai Moriankumar. Okay, well, you learn something new every day. The more you know. Uh, this I thought was interesting and came up in our conversation with Garrett Dirkmatt about the Brigham Young Journals. Now, uh, the Brigham Young Papers Project. We talked uh, briefly when we chatted, he and I, uh, that this is a project that he's sort of overseeing. But you remember the Joseph Smith papers? It's like that, except it's Brigham Young. That's it. Okay. That's what the Brigham Young Papers project will essentially be. It's a first volume of uh, journals that's going to be released, if not already released at the publication of this. It's going to be things like what we saw with uh, Joseph Smith. Here is how this goes. This is the this. What about then? How did he feel about that? So uh, we move we move on. The curiosity that I have is in a hundred years, are we gonna have the uh the uh Russell Nelson papers? Is that how so. the is that how we do? I think it would be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Definitely some profits along the way that we go. I, I would love to know more about that individual for sure. Mm -hmm. You have another quick story you said. Let's hear it. I do. I well, there are two quick Saints Who Sports. So okay. women's BYU 
athletics crushing it. Yes, they not, are. Not the dudes, maybe. But the hey, women. you don't know if the dudes are crushing it, or do you know that the dudes aren't crushing well, it? Well, I know that the BYU football team has been struggling. Real bad. Real bad. It's I our first time. Men's... It's our first time. Come on. First time, yeah. In the Big 12. <laughs> uh, I believe the men's basketball is holding their own. But the number one BYU women's soccer team, they beat the reigning Mountain West champions, uh, Utah State, 2-0 to zero last Friday. There we go. And they are set to play their next round tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow. Yesterday, November 16th. Yep. Thursday, the 16th. Thursday, the 16th. We record this. Yep. Um, They're playing number eight USC um, in the second round of the NCAA tournament. So best of luck to the women's soccer team down at BYU. And number three BYU women's cross country. They are competing for the NCAA national championship on Saturday morning. There we go. So, uh, yeah, big best wishes and best of luck to all of these amazing athletes. Um, the The cross country team is just like amazing, and from what I understand, yeah. the cross country and track and field teams for BYU are just top notch. Yeah, always um, top notch. You know why? Because we don't drink alcohol. Exactly, and uh, they are coached by Diljeet Taylor, and um, yeah. Anyway, and that's St. Two Sports of Megan the Mitch. <laughs> Wait, that's two stories? Yeah. Two separate stories. Two separate. Links. I mean, it was okay. You sort of threw them together like it was one story. So I'll take Sorry. it. I'll take it. No, you're fine. Listen, I, I was just trying to see the distinction. So uh, I thought that this was interesting, and you have a firsthand experience with this mm-hmm. the growth and momentum of the church educational system. You uh, finding your way through. Are you at Ensign College? Is that what you do? Yes. Ensign. Nice. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Great experience. Yes. Amazing. Uh, there are approximately 150,000 students who are filling the higher education offerings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, some of that is uh, BYU-Provo or BYU-Idaho or BYU-Hawaii. Some of that is BYU-Pathways, which mm-hmm. is just an awesome, awesome thing. Uh, and some of that is through Ensign College as well. Recently announced, there will be three-year online degrees that will be offered from BYU Pathway, a certifiable, just like you got it done, like your parents did in four years, you're getting it done in three, and it's game-changing. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's, it, it's incredible. Yeah, what, what the church is doing as far as this goes, headed by a previous guest of the Cultural Hall, Clark Gilbert, Uh, You can go and listen to that interview. He talks about how, you know, this is literally changing the lives of thousands of people. We we think about uh, higher education as not only a means to be able to become more educated, but you think of your earning span uh, over the time of your life uh, due to that, the experiences that you have, and, and then the ability to be able to not only care for yourself, but care for others as you have those financial opportunities. It's huge. It's so cool. You're gonna see the, this is a little bit secular, but you're going to see the um, higher education completely change in the next decade mm-hmm. because it's getting so expensive. You're going to see programs like this where it's like, listen, let's let's you know slough off some of this stuff and let's get it three years. Come on, let's go. And the church leading the way. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's really been inspiring for me. So I did BYU Pathway Connect which is like, a, like you take three classes, it gets you back into like the college mode, you know, mm-hmm. and then um, through BYU Pathway, they facilitate me getting my degree from Enzyme College. That's and awesome. it's so cool. And the the people that I have interacted with from all over the world, 
is like nothing that I would get at on on campus. Sure. You know, if I went to downtown Salt Lake City, I wouldn't. I mean, I was going through my class like that I'm currently in right now. And there's like six people from Brazil. There's a sister from Pakistan. There's people from Nigeria, you know, wow. and they all bring such unique perspectives. And um, it's it's really, really an awesome program. I can't say enough good about it. And uh, I'm surprised that more people don't know about it or take advantage of it because sure. it's not expensive. And you, the fact that they're doing the three-year degrees is awesome because I don't know about you, Richie, but you probably don't need a humanities class to be well, able to get your business degree. I don't know, you know, because they're sure. they're eliminating a lot of the electives that are really sure. just kind of irrelevant to what you're wanting to study but then you have to take them and you're like why am I taking this class this means nothing for what I'm trying to get my degree in you know yeah I mean and that's part of what you're going to see I think it's a difficult uh it's like a, a teeter-totter balance right mm -hmm. because I do think that people should have the opportunity to be exposed because when else would you right. but right. I also think that at some point you just go listen what do you need right to be able to do the thing that you want to do and it really will change uh I think of relatives that I have that are college aged. Mm -hmm. None of them. Yeah. None of them have gone to college. Zero right. percent right. of relatives well, of mine. And it's not that, you know, their parents didn't go to college. They did both master's degree holding, right. you know, but but three of them said, yeah, it's not the thing for me. I'm not going to do that. And part of that is because we see a generation of people just drowning in yes. school debt mm -hmm. and and it's debt that they accumulated while they were in, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I guess I'll take this, you know, American studies in underwater work. basket yeah. weaving class. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and there are kids who are graduating right now who they don't know what they want to do. Maybe their grades haven't been the best and maybe their um, SAT and ACT scores haven't been up to snuff. And so they look at it and go, well, college isn't an option for me then because no. I don't have what I need. Well, guess what? BYU Pathway, they don't look at ACT and SAT scores. You submit your application and you're accepted in five minutes, you know, yeah. and it's because they're making it accessible to everyone. And then the other unique thing about their program that I think is so cool is that as you work your way to getting your degree, you end up graduating with your degree plus three certificates. That's and awesome. so like- by February of 2024, I'll have my first certificate done, which Boom. makes me more employable yeah. than as a stay-at-home mom for 18 years with almost no secondary education. You know, mm -hmm. now I can submit a resume and say, yes, I have a certificate in social media marketing, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. that helps things a lot. Yeah. And well, so and, and I think, I think also to the stigma of like, oh, you went to Ensign College. You know, right, I right. think I think that that's disappearing. Yeah. I think that, you know, it, it literally is just like that. Can you do the thing I need you to do? There will always be the sort of prestige for some of these places like Harvard or Oxford or, you know, those kind of things. Right. But I think by and large, I mean, in my entire professional career, both, you know, with what I'm doing now, what I was doing previously in the communications industry, when I go to large companies and municipalities and say, hey, I would like to consult you in this thing that you're trying to do. You know how many times, literally, literally how many times I've been asked about a degree? Zero. 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 Can you do the thing that we want you to do? So, right. so yeah. there we go. It's awesome. Uh, right. I know we got five minutes. Let's do this. Buckle up.
Here we go. Let's go. Uh, the church getting, uh, well, let's go here. Uh, the church donated uh, $1 million to the folks in Acapulco. If you haven't been following this, Hurricane o- Otis, uh, this is a little while back, but it is has destroyed uh, so much of uh, Acapulco, Mexico. Uh, it hit the area there at the end of October. It was a Category 5 storm. A uh, million dollars won't even make a dent in it, but the church is working with several different uh, programs because we're able to, um, you know, because we're able to have the organization efforts of the church. It certainly is a way that we can be able to distribute this relief in a quick hurry. So Elder Bednar down in Mexico is like, here, listen, we got this. Here's a million dollars. You know, hopefully we can start to aid in the relief of that. But if you haven't seen some of the pictures of of the devastation from that real Real bad, real terrible. Uh, let me tell you this. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the Africa West area and the Islamic community in West Africa have forged a relationship built on a mutual desire to strengthen interfaith cooperation, advocate for religious freedom and tolerance, and engage in peace-building efforts. There's an amazing picture of um, a group of... Um, uh, of Is- Islamic folks out on the lawn in front of a stake center in Africa um, with, and I don't want to be disrespectful, I think they're prayer uh, kind of uh, mats or prayer rugs, yeah, or rugs and yeah. and they're, uh, they're out praying. They use the grounds around the stake center as a place to be able to worship. It's the coolest picture That's representing interfaith. So uh, you should check that out. That's in the show notes. You have another quick story. Um, no, but you wanted to talk about something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm excited because there's part of this that you don't know about. Oh, so, okay. That, so, uh, so you sent me a text message the other day that you said, hey, what about this? So uh, bring bring folks in on that. Which one? Uh, I would say the one having to do with books. Okay. So, yeah, I have this idea for the mm-hmm. Cultural Hall Book Club, uh-huh. where once a month, maybe once uh-huh. every two months, you know, whatever interval, pick a book for us all cultural hallians is that what we call ourselves uh, to read yeah, that lifers or converts is what lifers we call or, those yes. who listen yeah lifers or converts uh-huh. to read the book and uh-huh. then have some sort of something in place some sort of um uh pick a few listeners uh-huh. who have read the book to uh-huh. come on and do a recorded zoom call where we discuss the book and potentially invite the author in to be part of that discussion. Cause a lot of authors will have like book club discussion questions, sure. you know, and, and they can all be books written by Latter-day Saints or written to the Latter-day Saint audience. Written sure. Maybe it's a biography of an apostle. Maybe it's Romney, a reckoning by McKay Coppins. Maybe it's Mr. Mayor's book, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, Maybe there's a contest to who gets picked to be on on the Zoom. I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that could be an interesting way to connect our little weirdo community a little bit. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I would love people's feedback on it. Contact at theculturalhall.com. Now, Megan, before you were even a glimmer in the cultural hall's eye, Mm -hmm. before we had even, uh, you know, whatever, if you go into iTunes, you will find one episode of the Cultural Hall Book Club. Oh, we, we about a dec- about a decade ago, we tried doing a thing similar ish to this, okay. and what happened was is I couldn't relinquish control, and so it died. Okay. Uh, just Joni, she wanted to kind of be in charge of it, and I was like, yeah, 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 but I'm going to be well in the mix, and I just I couldn't uh, I couldn't let go 
of uh, of what it was and i think that she was like well i'm not interested in doing this this way which i don't blame her but i think i micromanaged and couldn't let go so is it worth uh reviving contact at the culturalhall.com would you like to be a part of it would you read do people read or could we say it's listen listen to yeah Yeah. doesn't matter consume the content Mm -hmm. is it worth doing because it's some amount of effort contact at theculturalhall.com. Let us know your thoughts about that. You can also let us know in the um, Cultural Hall Back Row Facebook group. That is a place where you don't have to pay to be. Uh, You can also be in the Patreon group. That's patreon.com forward slash theculturalhall. Paid group hanging out where you get all the episodes earlier than everyone else. And Megan, it is our time. So the other topic we'll talk about another time. I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. That if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, you'll be able to listen next week. And when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row of, of the, the Cultural, Cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really got to go on the Cultural Hall show.